Alexia Gordon, author of The Yosemite Brown Mysteries, published by Henry Press, and host of the Cozy Corner podcast, part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Michelle Cox, author of the Henrietta and Inspector Howard series, joins me in the corner today to chat about A Veil Removed, fourth book in the series. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, Alexia. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you here. So to start, will you tell us something about your Henrietta and Inspector Howard series? Sure. Um, there are four books out in the series uh, so far. Um, they are set in the 1930s in Chicago. And uh, they've been described as a Downton Abbey meets Miss Fisher's murder mysteries. So that kind of gives you a little bit of a flavor. They're historical fiction. They're a little bit mystery, a little bit romance. So they kind of cover a broad spectrum. Um, and book five of the series, A Child Lost, comes out in April. Oh, that's pretty soon, actually. Yeah, coming up. And can you tell us a little bit about A Veil Removed? Um, sure. It, um, a Veil Removed, uh, like I said, is book four of the series. So um, the series is a little bit different than most mystery series in that it, you really it's really difficult to read out of order. People have done it and have said that they followed along just fine. But really, this is a progressive series. So the characters keep evolving, the subplots keep moving along as the series goes along. So jumping into book four, um, we Clive and Henriette are married and they are on their honeymoon. This is in book three and they get a telegram that Clive's father has passed away. So they rush home and that's pretty much the opening of book four. Uh, Clive from the very beginning suspects that this was not an accident and so um, it sort of takes off from there where he is trying to convince people around him including Henrietta that this was not an ordinary accident that he believes his father was murdered. And now you, you mentioned that your stories involve history and they involve romance and they involve mystery. So if someone forced you to do it, how would you classify your series? Like historical fiction or romance with a mystery or a mystery with romance? <laughs> it's a good question. Whenever I do book events, um, especially book clubs, because we can be uh, more intimate and um, in talking about you know the ins and outs of the book, um, I actually pose this question a lot to my readers, and I have posed it to bookstore owners, and um, I think that the consensus is that actually it, it, it's more historical fiction with a very strong mystery romance element, and I think that that's accurate because it doesn't follow your typical mystery. It also doesn't follow your typical romance, but it is solidly set in the 30s in Chicago, and I do feel like that really resonates with people, especially if some of my readers happen to be from Chicago or grew up in Chicago or parents were there, um, it really resonates. So um, I think I would call it that, historical fiction with a, a mystery romance element. Now we couldn't really truly call it cozy though, because there were there's not an overwhelming amount of violence or graphic gore or anything like that, but there were uh, one or two explicit scenes and a little bit of grown up language. Yes, exactly. and. Um, People often, um, 
people often confuse this with a cozy series is it's often called that by people and I'm not sure if it's because the covers seem to suggest that um, book one is is the most in some ways the most cozy of them but yeah as they go along it's not too graphic um, but I don't I think it's outside that cozy um, definition for sure well why did you choose to set your novel in the 1930s? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, to be honest, I, I have more or used to have more of an affinity to the 40s. I just love everything about the 40s. I love the music. I love the movies, the, the fashion, the whole, you know, the fact that the, the world was consumed by a war. I mean, that doesn't sound right, but... Um, just the whole coming together um, that that spurred. However, um, an interesting fact about the series is that the main character, Henrietta, is actually um, inspired by a real woman that I met in a nursing home in the early 90s. And she was this amazing character. She had this um, very colorful life in Chicago in the 30s and 40s. And a lot of what happens in book one is based on her real life. And uh, she had a job. So all of the jobs in the book are real jobs that this woman had. So one of them being um, a Dutch girl is what she described it as at the World's Fair in Chicago in the 30s. And that was such a fascinating detail and the fact that she was a, um, a taxi dancer and a 26 girl and all of these things um, really made me want to set the series in the 30s because I really wanted to capture that. And at the time that I was writing book one, which is A Girl Like You, I didn't think I was writing a series. So I thought, oh, okay, I can write you know, a book in the 30s so that I can capture this, all this flavor. And then I decided to turn it into a series and I thought, oh no, no, I'm writing a series in the 30s, but that's okay. Um, you know, they're very close and I really, you know, enjoy it now. So that's the, that's the long answer to the question. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> a Veil Removed is, is set actually just a, a few metro stops from where I'm sitting recording this. So how did you, um, I'm, I'm in Lake Forest. <laughs> nice. So how did you choose the, the uh, Chicago land? How did you choose the suburbs to set this story instead of, of downtown Chicago, which is you know, what people might have expected? Well, I don't want to give too much away, but the book one, A, um, A Girl Like You, is actually um, completely set in the 30s. And... Um, so if it starts out that Henrietta is very poor, she's her father's killed himself. Um, she's the oldest of the family. She has to provide. Her mother's very chronically depressed. So she's out trying to make ends meet for the family. And she uh, her the dance floor matron is killed and where she works and Inspector Howard shows up on the scene and then um, they get into an adventure together and they end up you know falling in love so um, like I said when I wrote the story I was basing it on this woman's life but then when I decided to turn it into a series I thought geez you know I <laughs> I don't know if I want to write a series that's set in the gritty 30s Chicago about a cop and his wife you know I felt like that had been done 
too many times already. So I decided that somebody had to have a secret past. <laughs> and that turned out to be Clive. He obliged as the gentleman that he is. And so I had him be from Winneka and uh, somewhere where there's a lot of wealth, uh, especially at that time. And um, he is a cop in the city, but he's kind of running from this heritage because of, you know, he's pretty scarred from World War One, and he really doesn't want to have anything to do with it. So, you know, book two in, is kind of about how they reconcile this idea of, you know, should we, shouldn't we get married? Is this really the right thing to do? Because when Henrietta finds out that he's really from this really wealthy family in Winneka, you would think that she'd just jump at it. But really, this isn't what she signed up for. And she's not overly enthused, despite the wealth. So, and she feels like he lied to her. So they have a lot to work out in book two. And so the rest of the series is kind of jumps around because Elsie, her younger sister, um, as the books go on, they become more and more, she becomes more and more um, of a central figure in this in the books as well. And she's very firmly rooted in, in the city. So that was kind of a way to kind of still be in the city, but yet, ha you know, accommodate this other storyline as well. And it's kind of a nice twist, the, the secret being that you're rich instead of you're actually poor. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's kind of the Cinderella story in, in reverse. Um, she gets the, you know, the the rich prince at the end, but she doesn't really want that. She she wants to be in the city and, you know, be a cop's wife. So they have to, like I said, work that out. And in A Veil Removed, one of the central figures is actually a place, Mundelein College, which is, is or was a real women's college founded back in 1929. Correct. Uh, Tell us a little about, about Mundelein. I believe you're a graduate. Yeah, yeah. I um, I am a graduate of Mundelein College. It has now been incorporated into Loyola, which was, as I described in the book, a sidewalk away. Um, it, it was started in 1929. This is, the, the story goes, uh, they broke ground and then it, it was the big uh, stock market crash. Um, but the they carried on uh, constructing the college anyway. And it was run by the um, Sisters of the Blessed Virgin Mary, so the BVMs, uh, were the, um, the teachers in the administration. And it was, a, it was a wonderful place even when I went there. It was wonderfully old-fashioned. It was right up my alley. Uh, they still had wooden phone booths. You still had to sign male guests in. It was very chaperoned. And... Um, they had the, the old elevators with the grill and they had elevator girls that would operate them. And there really was this hidden greenhouse on the seventh floor. So a lot of the details that I bring into the book um, are real details. So it was fun to write about the college being brand new at, you know, during the time of the book that was set as opposed to, you know, when I went there in the, the late eighties. So it was neat. Now, it sounds like you're a, a fan of histories. Are you a fan of detective novels that were written in what's called the, the golden age back in the 20s and 30s? You know, that's a great question, too. I'm really not. I'm an imposter. Um, I was a huge mystery fan as a kid. I, that's true. But, um, 
you know, then I started to really, I was an English major. I really gravitated towards the classics. And so I spent most of my adult life reading, you know, really classic literature. And it was only after my third kid was born that I started reading anything remotely contemporary. And uh, what I seemed to gravitate towards was historical fiction. Maybe it's like the next best thing to the to classic literature because at least it was set in, in the past. So I'm more of a fan of that really, or things like um, Kate Morton, Lauren Willig, Tasha Alexander, she's a mystery writer, but that, that sort of, I love those writers that sort of blend you know, the, the past with the present and there might be a, a slight mystery element. Um, also the, the romance element is always there. So, you know, I kind of think it makes sense that I, this is what I produce. They say, write what you would like to read. And this is something that I would like to read. And it's published by She Writes Press, which is an independent press, I believe. Can you tell us a little bit about, about She Writes? Yeah, She Writes Press is an all-women's press. Um, it is a hybrid press that's a little bit different. Um, it's a cross between self-publishing and traditional publishing. And uh, they are based in uh, Berkeley, California, and Brooke Warner is our publisher. So it's a it's a it's an amazing press. Um, I've been really thrilled with them. They do vet, um, and they're just growing in in leaps and bounds. I mean, I think they get you know maybe a thousand submissions a month at this point. So they're really, I think because they are really answering a need in publishing right now. Um, it's just, as we all know, it's just, there's, it's hard to get past the gatekeepers. Um, traditional publishing is, is taking less and less risks with new authors. So this is a great way to, um, to get published, but to be published well. And speaking of publishing well, you mentioned book five is due out in April, but just to remind everybody again, book five is due out in April and it's called? A Child Lost. And can you tell us a little bit about it? Well, yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but um, you know, you I, I would hope that if any readers have read you know, book four or, you know, any of the series books in the series before that, that that title should be, um, should raise a lot of questions in your mind. Um, exactly who is the child that the title refers to. So we have the continuation of um, Henrietta and Clive, you know, what's going on in their, their life. Um, we also have the, the story of, of Elsie, um, that is continuing in book five as well. And what's kind of neat about book five is that um, in the past, I've, I've run the two plot lines sort of separately, side by side. In book five, um, Clive and Henrietta's world um, merges with Elsie and Gunther, and they actually end up working on a case together. So um, it's neat. It's a good book. It's it's one. It's probably my favorite so far of the series because there's so much going on. Um, the Stan and Rose story keeps going on, and then also Henrietta and Clive get involved with this strange spiritualist um, that they're assigned to debunk, and Henrietta starts believing 
what the spiritualist is saying and to Clive's horror this is not what he had thought was going to happen so you have that whole situation unfolding as well so there's a lot going on in it <laughs> and where can readers find your books well anywhere really um of course it's on amazon it's it's ebook anywhere i um itunes google play um nook amazon it's also in um many 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 libraries carry it um or if you if your library if your branch doesn't have it they can easily get it um it's in many bookstores um and also if i may i'm going to just put in a little plug for the audio series so uh book one is out on audio right now um it's at 40 different re retailers and in your library and right they are in the process of recording the rest of the series right now there was a long delay but we are back on track with that so i'm really really excited about that because many readers ask me if it is in audio and now i can say yes is that audio CDs or on platforms like Audible? Or? Yeah, platforms on, um, not as CDs. So it's um, Find A Way, it's on Audible, it's um, Overdrive, uh, any of the library systems that are in use as well. And where can readers find more about you? Do you have a website or are you on social media? Yeah, of course. I have, um, I have a website, michellecoxwrites.com, and you can find links to me on all the social media platforms. Um, I, you can also find my blog there, which is very popular. It's called Novel Notes of Local Lore. And that's where I take a story that I heard, so I used to work in a nursing home in the early 90s and that's where I got Henrietta's story. Um, but there's just so many stories up there. I, I tell writing groups that if you're stumped for a story, you can always go sit in a nursing home for a couple of weeks because you'll get more stories than you could ever, ever, ever imagine. So I take a story every week and I write about a forgotten resident of Chicago. And that, blog is very popular in fact it has its own little following separate from the books which i think is pretty amazing so check it out especially love history especially if you love chicago um they're really neat stories that you could never make up as you know they say truth is stranger than fiction and that's true all right well thank you very much for joining me michelle oh you're welcome thanks for having me it was really fun and again, this has been Michelle Cox, author of the Henrietta and Inspector Howard series joining me today. Uh, you can find all four of her books uh, currently in bookstores. Uh, number four is a veil removed. And as she announced, uh, book five will be out uh, in a few months in April. And this has been Alexia Gordon, author of the Gethsemane Brown Mysteries. Thank you listeners for joining us in the Cozy Corner, part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Until next time, goodbye.